You're here, which means that you've found spirit crumbs, leading you to your inner light worker. I will be sharing how these tiny little hints from the universe have led me to where I am today. I hope that by hearing my story and the stories of others, you'll pick up your own spirit crumbs along the way that will lead you to somewhere magical. Thanks for coming along for the journey. Let's see where it takes us. Welcome to another episode of Spirit Crumbs. I am your host, Andrea McCallum. I am an intuitive oracle card reader and energy healer. Today, you are very lucky because I have Michelle Smith with me to talk about the solar plexus. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, Andrea. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you. I said in my previous episode how I was talking about how when I think of you, I just think of this like bright yellow energy. And I think you're just so perfect as someone to talk to about this. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Um, and I know like we've had conversations about how we've had similar journeys for like overcoming doubt and how that's something that you've been working on. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about um, how that self-doubt was showing up for you. Absolutely. I mean, my God, <laughs> I'm the poster girl for self-doubt. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's nice because when you get to a place in your life where you feel like all of that has kind of settled down and resolved. And even though I feel like it's a lifelong process, we're always going to be dealing with some of the things that are heavy for us as challenges in life. Right. And mine started not probably from the time I was born, because I know, as you know, that when you meet some babies, they seem to be quite fearful and they don't seem, they seem to be wary or some babies are very outgoing. So, I mean, I know it can start in the womb. I feel like chakras can be affected in the womb from what the mother is experiencing too, and not to make any moms stressed about that. <laughs> but, you know, so I was a very confident little kid because I used to try to teach um, the ABCs to my kindergarten class, apparently. I didn't <laughs> doing it, but my mom said the kindergarten teacher complained to her about that. And she said that the kids were listening to me. And I remember that feeling. <laughs> I remember it, you know, just feeling like, I knew and I wanted to help and I wanted to serve. And then slowly after that, you know, life happens to you and you're taught with good intention by your parents to be polite and to not speak up and to not do this and to not do that. And if you're a sensitive individual, which a lot of us are who are in this spiritual stuff, um, you know, it can start to affect things. And my, my belief is not that the chakras govern what we're doing. We got to remember that we are always in, in, in the driver's seat, right? But it mm -hmm. informs how we act in life. And so we have to always remember that we have the power to decide that we have the freedom to change or to choose change a belief system. And that then will inform the chakras. So it's kind of like the cycle, right? It's like the give and the take. Um, so yeah, just long story short, I spent then most of my childhood and all my teen years, my 20s, my 30s, my 30s. <laughs> Um, I, I've been doing energy work for 20 years. That's when I started to really be aware of how insecure I was, how inauthentic I felt as a person. Like I felt like I was fake. Um, you know, I, I just was the opposite of having a healthy ego. I, I had like, I just felt like I was taking up space. So all those things made me doubt myself. I had no faith or trust in my own decisions and opinions. 
So that's kind of where I come from. And I could keep talking, so I'm going to stop so you can <laughs> ask me anything. <laughs> no, I think that that is such a great point that like childhood is usually where that starts to shift either for the better or for the worse. I know I was actually reflecting when I was coming into this episode, thinking about when I was a kid and I, my teachers used to get me to like, I was in a split class when I was the, like I was in the younger one and I would be reading the spelling words to the older students while my teacher was marking my group's uh, stuff. And like, I would go to the principal's office to read a book by myself. And like, I had no fear. And then at some point, like, before I turned to be a teen, I had the same thing where I started questioning myself more and you react more to how other people react to you. And then it kind of like makes you adjust and you just keep adjusting until all of a sudden you're like, who am I? You get to that point. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I wanted to mention also that anybody who's in that cycle or is feeling like they're drowning in that issue, that challenge, I really believe that we choose these things for a purpose and that to remember that probably you are somebody who is, is, has decided to go through this so that you can help others because that's what you do, right? Andrea, you're a healer and that's what I do too. And I'm a healer also. And we have to kind of hit the bottom of the pit in order to understand what happens when we're having a human life on earth. When we're spiritual beings having a human life, that, you know, cause we come in and we forget. So we just think we came from here and we leave from here and this is it. And this is our home. It's not our home. It's a temporary experience. And so all those things affect us so deeply. And then we start to define ourselves by them, which I did for years. And then you start to feel bad about yourself for it because you're like, I'm not confident and I, I don't trust myself and I don't have faith in myself. And you're just angry at yourself, you know? And it's really lovely when you can come to the understanding that that is okay that you went through that bad stuff just so you can understand how much pressure we're all under when we're living in, in this, on this planet with all this heavy, dense energy and so much fear, you know, it really does affect us. And it's to understand we are not that we are not any of those things. We're just experiencing them. And when you come to terms with that, you can let them soften. You can start to dissolve them. You can come back to who you really are. You come back to finding your power. That is such a fabulous point, because I think we don't realize that there's a reason we go through all these struggles and we have these experiences and I feel as though that's part of the reason we're here. Like you said, as healers and as people stepping into more of a leadership role in spirituality, you can't do that if you don't have experiences to draw on. And I think that it's that idea. I think I've talked about it before, but like the idea of Chiron, like the wounded healer and how, like, whatever your experiences are that are challenging sometimes the way we heal ourselves is by helping others. And it's usually the thing we can see in others that we can't see in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a beautiful thing to point out, Michelle. Yeah, no problem. And I also just want to quickly mention that even if you don't intend to serve in that way or to be a healer or to help people with that or coaching or anything, you help them simply with helping yourself because you you allow your light to shine brighter, right? It's, it's all that thing about dimming your energy, right? Your frequency. We're all, we're like an, an energy tower. We're always emitting these waves of energy. And if they're not healthy or balanced energy, we're informing other people. But if they're healthy and balanced energy, we're informing other people's energy. And 
and we're helping, we're healing people just by sitting by them in the bus stop. So it doesn't have to be a big goal or anything. Yeah, that's a really good thing to point out to you because I think you know, like all of us have been around someone where they're just being themselves and that makes you just want to be yourself. Like it's that energy that just does transmit without them trying. They're just out living their lives and you're like, wow, I want to be like that person. And they have no idea that you're even feeling that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I think because we're, we're talking about this and how you mentioned like personal power, I was wondering how you started that part of your journey of starting to develop your purpose, your purpose and your power. Well, I have to just touch basically just, just briefly if I can, uh, although it's very hard for me to be brief, Andrea, because <laughs> I would love to talk. <laughs> um, you know, when I was probably 42 and my kids were very young, because I had my kids late, um, they were nine months and two years old. I had to have my parents move in with us because I basically was having a lot of stress because I was trying to do everything myself. Again, not feeling worthy is part of this whole thing, right? Because if you don't have confidence and you don't have a balanced ego, um, Anita, I just want to mention Anita Morjani in her latest book, if anybody hasn't read it, you should get it because it's amazing about empaths. And she talks about our conscious awareness must be in balance with our ego because we all have this tendency to think ego is bad. And that's what your parents teach you. Don't be egotistical and don't be greedy and don't be selfish and don't be rude, you know, and all those things. Mm. But unfortunately that generation didn't also teach us what's healthy in the ego and what's healthy in the ego is knowing that you're a good person and knowing that you're worthy of love and telling yourself good things and talking, you know, to yourself positively, which we are all guilty of, of not doing at times. And some of us do, don't do it ever. Right. And, yeah. and that is because your ego is weak. Your ego is not healthy. It's not in balance. And so I had all those issues and I basically got myself into this complete situation where I couldn't sleep and I couldn't eat and I didn't sleep for seven days, which I know sounds wow. impossible. And I thought that actually that was physically impossible. But when I, I did sleep for one hour during that seven day period, um, my doctor gave me sleeping pills and it worked for an hour. And then I woke up, but I was having like basically a panic attacks for the entire night. So my heart rate was at 200 and I, oh I was like terrified the whole night. And, and so your cortisol goes right through the roof. Now, the interesting thing, which I spoke to you about is that the solar plexus governs, let me see here. I'm going to read it. It governs the adrenal glands, which produce adrenaline and stress hormone cortisol, cortisol. And what was happening for me was because so much adrenaline was pumping through my system from these panic attacks, my cortisol was through the roof. So I couldn't sleep. And I just, there's just no way. And because of that, I was just in this, that was my dark night of the soul. That was my walking through, you know, the darkness. I really didn't think I was going to get out of it. I thought I was going to die because I couldn't see how I was going to be able to sleep again. And that was my start of my energy work. And that was where I discovered, oh my gosh, all these things about myself. I didn't realize that I was worried about taking up space. I was worried about asking for help you know, which is what got me into the problem in the first place. I wasn't honoring myself. I didn't trust myself. I wasn't even listening to myself. I didn't even consider listening to myself. All these things, you know, are governed by the solar plexus. And so 
it's been a long journey. And I mean, I must say I'm, I'm 59 now and it's really been the last three years. And I'm not saying that's going to take someone 20 years to do theirs, right? <laughs> Everybody's different. Everybody's yeah. different. And they're going to do it at the pace that's important for them. And that is, is um, what they laid out in their life path. We all have free choice. We can choose at any time to make things go faster. It was at a pace that was comfortable for me. Home life was most important. And yeah, so I mean, now I, f I feel that I have arrived at the place where I can say I'm owning my power. I'm standing in my power. You know, my throat chakra is healed because I can speak with authority and I can speak with confidence and I can love myself. And I feel that my solar plexus is probably the one that still needs more love than all my other chakras. You know, it's still the one I can feel if I tune into it that is still needing a little bit more, but there's just so much fear around stepping into your confidence and stepping into who you are and speaking who you are to the world, right? Um, but I, I don't have any fear anymore about that. And so I, I feel that the whole thing about your personal power is really just you recognizing you are soul and being in tune with that vibration. And that allows you then to listen, you know, to listen to your higher self, to listen to your inner knowing, to listen to your own inner guidance that builds your faith, that builds your trust in yourself. And, and, also promising yourself that you're going to follow through with listening to something that comes to you helps build the confidence too, you know? I think promises to the self and commitment is like a really good point for the solar plexus because you are learning, like you said, to trust yourself and to follow the confidence, like use the confidence, be like, okay, I feel like I can do this. And then when you do it, then you feel good about yourself. So like making sure you're continually committing to take those steps, yeah. um, is the hardest part. But when you do it, the other side of it, it's like anything, the other side of fear is like where the magic is. So I love that you pointed that out. Yeah. And, you know, I have to give credit it's, that that point was from a guy that I follow on Instagram. And I am going to just butcher this because I can't remember his last name. It's his first name's Nick, but he was born without legs and he was born without arms. I think he's got one part of one arm, but he's a motivational speaker. He's basically famous now. Most people would probably know of him and he's got a program right now about confidence and how he overcame his issues because he would have had big solar plexus issues. And I didn't do the course because he's offering a course if anyone's interested, but um, I didn't do it, but I just read his blurb about it. And I thought that was so beautiful. Basically, succinctly, what he said was, you know, those friends of yours who say they're going to do something with you or for you, and then they don't follow through. Would you want to hang out with them? You don't end up trusting them. You don't really have faith in them. So why would we do that to ourselves? And his point was make a promise to yourself each day about what you want to achieve and follow through with it. Like, don't let yourself down, like just follow through, be your own best friend. And that's what he says, builds confidence. And I thought that was so beautiful, like so simple, right? I wish I'd known that. <laughs> yeah. That should be like being a human 101. <laughs> right. Maybe I could have skipped my 20 years of energy work. I don't know. <laughs> yeah I know right it's like it seems so simple once you hear it and once it clicks in your head you're just like oh okay well now that I know this life is different right absolutely. yeah absolutely 
And I was wondering, because you mentioned like the 20 years of energy work, would you say that energy work and like spirituality is what led you into um, this path of developing more confidence? For me, absolutely. I think everyone can find it in, in their own way. We don't have to do the spiritual route. Absolutely not. But the minute I found spiritual stuff, I felt like I was home. You know, most p- spiritual people can relate to that. And they'll be like, like you're nodding your head. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you were a teenager and you found that book in the bookstore and you read it and you were like, what? This is yeah. awesome. And then you just couldn't get enough of that. You're just so hungry for it. Like my entire, you know, life until I actually, physically started working with an energy teacher until that time I was kind of just reading about it and thinking this is so cool but would never happen to me like this person heard a voice but that would never happen to me you know and then it did happen to me and I do totally believe that what we are willing to be open to we will have the experience of but if you're not willing to be open to it then that's fine too but just don't expect that you'll have this the experience necessarily so definitely all the modalities that I did, there's, there's like four or five of them, um, helped in some way to inform my energy and to help me to, you know, build that and build that, build that courage and that faith that it was safe, safe to open up and safe to explore and safe to, to let go of these old beliefs. And I know we talk a lot in the spiritual realms of healing, right? Cause there's no other word for it, but really ultimately I know it's not really about healing. It's about remembering like, and letting go of the belief systems that, and the thoughts that don't serve us, you know, we're taught to us maybe sometimes with ill will, but mostly probably from good intention, you know, from our families and from society and from the world. And we need to find that inner compass again to understand what is actual truth and what isn't. And for me, it's always been what falls in the category of fear is not truth. Simple as that. So yes, to answer your question, yes. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. And it just brought up in my head the fact that I talked a little bit in the episode previous that the solar plexus kind of is connected to our mind. And like, that's where like anxiety, depression, a lot of that happens because the gut is like the mind of the body. And so like, that's a connection that really hit home for me because that does connect to like your confidence, like anything you're hearing, anything that you're taking in from other people is for sure going to inform your confidence and the way you show up true. And I never thought of that because you're absolutely right. And I am a total overthinker. So, you know, I think that, um, unfortunately, you know, when you're taking an idea and you just grind it into the ground with all the possibilities, maybe it meant this, and maybe it means this, and maybe I'm not worthy of that. And maybe it means I shouldn't have that, or maybe I'm just not good enough that, that it just doesn't help. And then of course, yes, your solar plexus is just going to kind of you know, close down and close down and close down to protect you. It's always to protect you. Right. Um, and the other thing that I had read that it governs the digestive stomach, liver, pancreas. So that's interesting because I had digestive problems my whole entire life. Not now. Now I have, it's so funny that I found the person who I follow for food guidelines at the time when I was just ready 
to completely let my solar plexus open, you know, it's so am amusing because my digestion is rock solid. Like for the last two years, it's been rock solid. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's so interesting because I've been having issues off and on. And it's like, I know for me, it's like a combination of the lower three chakras in general. It's like all my human stuff's just like coming up now. Like, and I totally agree with you that like, it's one of those things where like the physical symptoms, you don't always associate it with like, the chakras or like mental things, you don't make that emotional connection to it. But when you do make the connection, you're like, Oh, wait a second. <laughs> like the fact that like you were talking about how the right person, like the right teacher showed up at the right time. Like, I think that is such a common thing when it is connected to like the emotional, that is usually how that happens for healing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, that's so interesting. And then I was thinking too, because we're talking about like anxiety and you were talking before about how like you had that like crisis moment where it's like that rock bottom where you're just like, okay, like this is clearly like too much, but then it's true. Once you start taking things into like more bite-sized pieces and starting to build yourself up, that kind of dissipates. And you're like, how did, how was I ever in that stage before? Because I've had the same kind of Thing where like I had anxiety, which I'm still like working through now that was so bad that I had like panic attacks. And then you realize like this, a lot of it's like from yourself, from that overthinking, like you said, and like when you have all these terrible possibilities that you come up with, and then you believe that they're real and that they could happen, then you do actually start to shut down to protect yourself. So you're not like showing up and making yourself vulnerable. Absolutely. And I want to mention too, that oftentimes when people who have anxiety, I feel are empaths and, and you have to understand that sometimes a lot of that anxiety is not even yours, but because we're not told about those things. And that's why, again, I will mention Anita Morjani's latest book, um, something sensitive. I'm terrible with titles. You <laughs> can always put it in the show notes if you want to tell me after. Okay, good. So uh, people can find that. And it, it is so eye-opening. As soon as I read it, I was like, that explains my whole entire childhood and my teen years and growing up. And I feel so normal now because I always felt like a total weirdo as, as a kid. And, and so I know a lot of kids suffer with anxiety nowadays. And I just hope that somehow people will understand at some point that it's a gift actually to be that sensitive that you can actually sense so many things, but you do also need to understand how then to project your own energy so that you keep it your main central focus and you're not walking around like a sponge absorbing other people's. And then you go home and you're like, why am I freaking out? And also <laughs> when you don't have a reason for it, it makes it so much scarier, right? Oh yeah. Like, if you have a logical reason why you're freaking out, then, then you can kind of get over it. But when you, when it just comes out of the blue like that to you, then you feel like you're broken and there's something wrong with you when in truth, that's not the case often. Yeah. And when you don't know the reason, that's when you start inventing reasons. Like you're like, Oh, well, maybe this is happening. Maybe that's happening. And like, that can be so dangerous. <laughs> so true. It's not helpful. Yeah. No. And I think a lot of that, like you mentioned the like current generation growing up and having so much anxiety. And I think like the fact that social media is so present for them. Whereas like when I was a kid that wasn't in existence. So I don't feel like I, I, my anxiety has been more, you know, going to school as an adult than mm -hmm. it was when I was a kid, I did have anxiety and like a lot of other things related, but I think for me now, social media is like an empowering thing for me because I've already gone through that, right? Whereas like if I was had social media when I was a kid, I imagine that would have impacted me completely in a different way. Yeah, I agree. 
agree. I agree. And I was very, I had a lot of anxiety as a kid. And if I, I don't think my parents would have let me have a phone, but lots of young kids do have a phone nowadays. And, you know, just think about how much, you know, torture you felt when people bullied you in school. And we had none of that. Right. And it was just somebody telling you to your face or, yeah. you know, in the schoolyard that, you know, you were stupid or you had freckles, freckles, yeah. freckles be called, or I used to be called, you know, mobile toothpick because I was so skinny and all the things that make you feel, you know, just terrible about yourself. Then imagine that 24 seven at, available at your hand. Somebody makes a bad comment about you on your post. When you're a child, you have no tools to deal with that. And parents are hard put to try to support their kids to deal with it too. So yeah, absolutely. I think it's a two-edged sword. It can be used for really good things, but if it's making you feel worse, then it's time to, you know, try to separate yourself from it. Yeah. And I think that's even as an, yeah, even as an adult for like social media, you need sometimes like a cleanse from it where you're just taking a step back because it is absorbing a lot of energies. Like when you're scrolling and you're, you're taking in so many different people's opinions, perspectives, anything like that. And it's still energy that you're absorbing. And I think that it's important to know that like, you can take a break because <laughs> as much as like, it seems like you can't because it's in your hand, you can take a break from it. Absolutely. And I am still on a break. Actually, I've been on a break for two weeks because even though we're talking all about solar plexus and how I feel like I've come to this, you know, beautiful place in my life and I am doing work where I'm supporting others in healing themselves and, and, and doing these readings where awesome stuff comes through, I still crashed my energy, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I am still learning about honoring myself. I am still learning about having faith and trust and listening. Cause I got all the little signs about that. You know, you're getting tired, you know, this is tiring you out, but I wasn't listening to them. So I'm still learning. And so that's why I say, yeah, it'll probably be a lifelong process, but it just, it doesn't have, it's never, it never has to be fully completely resolved or perfect. It just has to be so that you can find that balance. I mean, we're always going to have these dips, right? That's what life's about to have the lessons to learn. Exactly. It's like layers. We signed up for learning the same lesson, like a million times, just in different ways. It's just that we yeah. have more tools the further along we get. True. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> And I was just wondering, because um, this is the spirit crumbs podcast, if there are any spirit crumbs that showed up along the way, I know you did mention the person who was uh, giving you the tips for digestion when you needed it. Were there any others along the way that really stood out? Oh God, I mean a million, right? So as soon as you start reading spiritual stuff, you're always looking. And I know that people that aren't spiritual are like, oh, well, that's just in your imagination or, you know, it's just a feather, but you know, in your heart when it's a sign, right? You know, yes. when it's spirit crumb because you feel it in your gut. You can, you can, you have this emotional response to it. You're like, Oh my God, I was just asking for a feather for confirmation for blah, blah, blah. Right. So for, for directly the solar plexus stuff, I would just say, um, you know, actually, um, probably every experience I've had that's been spiritual because it led me to my my training with my my energy teacher and then now with Daniel Serank who has the initiation circle that we're a part of mm -hmm. and she's amazing and she's helped me with this part of my my learning about myself so you know just to sit from the simple thing of going into the bookstore and saying I'm j I just feel like there's something here for me today 
and just letting your eyes just, you know, pass over the bookshelf and something catches your eye and you pull it out and it's like the perfect book for you, right? Or the times where you open a book and you're like, oh my gosh, and the words that are written there are like exactly what you need. So, I mean, a spirit comes are kind of like 24 seven for me because yeah. the tarot deck and every time I pull a card from that, I'm like, oh my God, it's like so exactly what I need to hear exactly what's going on in the moment. So yeah, it's, I, I think the biggest one for me would be that maybe helped me open my trust that I could receive was the one when I met my husband for the first time. And uh, I was at this party in this small town where I had moved to. And he was there at the party. I didn't notice him because I was, I had a crush on someone else. (laughs) He came over and started talking to me and he only really introduced himself, said a few things. And then I heard this voice so crystal clear in my head, so loud. It was like a male voice. And it said, this is a man you're going to marry. Wow. And that, was it. that was all. And the funny thing was I'd read about this happening to people so many times um, because at that point I was 29. And I mean, I'd been reading these books since I was 16. So, and I always told myself, oh, that's so cool. That would never happen to me. And here, when it happened to me, Andrea, I didn't like go, oh my God, that's so amazing. Or what, who was that? I was arguing with the voice of my like. <laughs> Oh no, not him. I don't know. I don't want to marry him. I like the other boy in the other room. Right. (laughs) So funny how it's become so natural, but that was definitely not my voice. And that because it was so clearly not something I, my subconscious would have dragged up because I didn't think anything of him at the time. I was interested in this other guy. I didn't even think he was good looking. The guy, you know, this who became my future and he did become my future husband. We did get married. (laughs) (laughs) So I just think that's amazing because I never forgot that. And all the years when I'd have doubts and I'd even have doubts about spirituality, I'd remember that. And I'd be like, there's no denying. There is no denying. You can't, how could you, how could you convince yourself that was someone you were going to marry when you know, you just met them, you knew nothing about them, you didn't think that they were, you weren't attracted, <laughs> you didn't think they were good looking, any of those things. How could you make that up, right? So yeah. that was my first introduction. I believe that was my male guide talking to me. Um, that was my first introduction to it. I've never had that experience again, that voice speaking on its own to me. Um, I talk to my guides all the time, but it becomes like, you know, because I know yeah. you that it's much more of an inner knowing and hearing the words within your body, but it's not like all of a sudden you're caught off guard and you hear that voice in your head. That doesn't happen to me. So that's forever my cherished memory of a spirit crumb. <laughs> that is incredible. I love that. That was so clear. And you were so clearly against it, even though it's like a clear voice and you're like, yeah, that's a great story. Not happening. <laughs> Arguing with it. I was like, oh no. And the funny thing is that voice, that message saved me because when we were first together, we moved here to Ottawa and it was very hard. He'd just gotten his job. We were in the small apartment. He'd never had a relationship where he lived with someone. He'd never lived in an apartment. He was really miserable. He was stressed at work. And every time I was worried, I'd think about that voice. And I'd be like, it's going to be okay. You know, I don't have to worry. Like, I, I know that, that, that we're going to, you know, be okay. We're going to stay together. And he didn't, he did not in, um, propose to me for like five years. We were together five years before he proposed. Because when I was first with him, believe it or not, he was like, 
I'm never getting married and I'm never having kids. And so I didn't even discuss that with him because he did not, that was off topic. Yeah. So that, that's even more amazing that yeah. knew that this guy someday would come around, you know, and sure enough, he all on his own chose the time of the day and proposed and, and it was awesome. And we have kids. <laughs> that is so incredible that you could like hang on to that one moment because it's true. Like there's certain moments where, you know, it's not you, like you, there's like no possible way you would know something no way. Yes. I, I love that. And I love that you also mentioned, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was gonna say, I love that you mentioned the bookstore because that used to be my way of getting spirit crumbs when I was like, kind of developing but like not really sure what to do I would just walk in the bookstore walk that walk along I'd grab whatever books stood out I wouldn't even look at them sometimes I would just like take them go to the cash buy them and then I'd go home and be like okay what do I have here and that's how I would like start learning stuff <laughs> it's so true it's the most beautiful thing it's like if anyone's interested in spirituality and haven't started and they don't know how to get on that path just do that just do what Andrew just said like just go in there and just like kind of allow yourself to be open and ask you know ask spirit or your angels to guide you to what's important for you right yeah I mean and if you don't want to spend money like I used to I have like a bookshelf full of books half of them are yeah. half read you can yeah. just go to the, li the library and just like do the same thing like just they still have spiritual books in the library and I want to say audible is amazing too because you know you get credits and if you don't spend those credits all at once you you get a credit each month so you can just purchase book you don't have to even yeah. money to get the book and I love that way of doing it because when I'm doing my art I can listen to a book it's amazing but I wanted to just mention real quick Andrea too that I think you know in in what I feel in my heart is the reason I heard that out loud was just like you know you read those stories where someone's in the water and they hear this voice say get on the boat because there's a shark coming or so that was one of the stories I read and I was like oh my god that's crazy she heard the voice in her head yeah because those are the moments when you really need, like they step in and they speak it clear audiently to you. So super clear. And I needed that because my husband's been my greatest teacher in solar plexus healing. I have to say he's a very confident person. He's very authentic in who he is completely authentic. Everybody always says that about him. He is, <laughs> he is right. And I was just always like in awe of that. And I just, I've learned, he has been my greatest teacher to tell you the truth. He really has. I think that's so beautiful. And I think you're right. Like that is when that would show up for you, that voice so clearly. It's like when they know, like this is something you for sure have to do. Like you, you have, have to free will. Yeah. yeah, you free will on a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. This is one thing that you said yeah. that I had to tell, like, cause I feel like your guys are people, like our spirits from another realm. And it's like, you made me promise that if you miss this moment, <laughs> that I would tell you. That's brilliant. You're so right. You're right. They're, they were like, get the megaphone out, right? Like get the <laughs> megaphone out if I miss all the cues and I'm going to miss this person that I need to be with, right? This is my person. Yeah, my it's the one chance encounter. Yeah. yeah, so true. So true. You are dead on. That's <laughs> Love it. Love it. I love that too. I think it's beautiful that he's been your greatest teacher as well. Cause I'm sure you've taught him a lot of things as well. And it's just one of those things where like, you know, when it's somebody you're meant to be in this lifetime with. 
Absolutely. And I know visiting past lives that I've done many with him and we have a beautiful love story, but I am very grateful to him because no matter how much training you do or energy work, your partner you're living with, they are a mirror for us, right? So we can't get away from our stuff that we're afraid of or that we don't like in ourselves because it's always going to be reflected back to us immediately with the person we live with 24 seven. So just try to always embrace what frustrates you <laughs> and look within for the answer, not within changing your partner, but try to look within and see where it is you're, you're needing to love yourself more. Yeah. I think that's such a great point just in general for everyone, because I feel the same, like it's difficult to do that, but otherwise like you're not going to grow. If you just keep avoiding every single thing, that's an opportunity for growth, then you're not going to have anyone left if you're avoiding every person that's a mirror. Yes, it's true. Absolutely. And that's stepping out of victim mode, right? And owning your power. Yeah. That's such a, a great way to do that. If people aren't sure how to start on that journey, then I think just looking for the mirrors and everybody you, that annoys you is the best way to find out <laughs> where you need to do some work. Yeah. And it's not to say that if someone annoys you, you have to hang out with that person no. or you to, like torture yourself. But if your partner says something like the other day, my husband said something and I'm, my feelings got hurt. And I was like, okay. So then I went off by myself and I was like, why did, why were my feelings hurt about that? Like, why did I allow that to hurt my feelings? And where does that go? And if you look, you'll see where that where that started has nothing to do with your husband it has to do with the fact that you know you didn't get picked in kindergarten all the time or grade three all the time in tag and you couldn't run fast and so you felt like crappy about yourself and you told yourself you know that you weren't very good and that you know then it, it just always informs and so when i find where it is that 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 came from then i just pile a bunch of love on it i'm just like oh you know I'm going to give you some love because my husband's never going to be able to give me the love for that. He's never going to be able to fix that for me because he can love me if I tell him that upset me, but he's not going to be able to fix it because it's in my body. It's not mm. in his body. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a great point because I did bring up, I think either in this or when my energy healing post about the solar plexus, the inner child and how like that is where a lot of that confidence comes from. So that's a really great point to bring up that it is you that has to address those old wounds. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, such a good yeah, thing. You, to have everything, you have everything that that child needs. You know exactly how much love it needs. And, and your parent was never going to be able to give you that amount either because you're a unique soul. You're a unique individual. You're a neat, unique version of you in this human experience with, with so many different variants that affected your personality that your parents would never be able to support all of those and to, to give enough fuel for all of that love wise. So, but you can, because you know what you need, you know what you're short of, right? You know yeah. Of, so you can do it. I think that's so great. And I think you've offered so many different tools just in this conversation that people can use to start addressing some of their maybe like thing, places where they need a bit more confidence or they need to know how to start the journey. I think that's so helpful. And I think I just wanted to mention too, that I had a reading with Michelle um, not too long ago, where she pointed out a few things that I needed to address, which was like, as I've talked about my balancing my masculine and feminine, and a lot of things that I couldn't see in myself either. And so I was wondering if you wanted to just talk a little bit about um, what offerings you have that people can reach out to you for. 
Sure. Um, so on my Instagram, which is Soul Story Medium, um, I offer Soul Story readings and I also do art. So I do do Soul Story uh, paintings for you. So that's tuning into your guides and your angels and bringing through the images and the colors, everything that's resonant for you in this moment to help support you moving forward. So it, it kind of syncs with your vibration, the information they give me to, to put into the painting. And those are done digitally and then they're printed on canvas. And then my soul story readings um, have some mediumship in it. So loved ones um, from spirit will come through always to hold the space with me to help me. And sometimes I'll step forward with a message and then I share it. Um, but basically the work of it is tuning into your energy and receiving from you if you're open and willing for that. Mm -hmm. And um, then sharing that with you. And then your guides and angels are working with mine and they just show us uh, what areas are most important for you to look at right now where you need a little bit more balance. You need some, some help to release, if it's to release some old thought patterns and beliefs that aren't serving you anymore. And the one main thing I like to look at it as is not having blocks. My guides told me that what they're called is love shields. Really, that's a better word for it because they are always put there in place because you love yourself and you want to support yourself and you want to survive in this life. So I used to use blocks, that terminology all the time in my spiritual work 20 from 20 years ago, but I feel that's outdated now. And I feel what my guides are saying is try and look at it as love shields, because it's just you trying to shield yourself from what is hurtful to you. And but they, that also prevents you from experiencing more. So sometimes it's time for us to let those love shields go. Using the word block just in itself makes you feel broken, makes you feel like there's something bad about you, something wrong with you, like that you even created it in the first place. And that then how on earth are you going to get rid of it? And it just sounds it sounds immovable, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's the theory. And then they walk us through um, the healing meditation to do. Again, I just want to point out that I'm not healing anybody. No healer is ever healing anybody. Healers are holding a vibration that you as the client or sitter can attune your energy to bringing you into connection with your soul. That's where you start to heal. You are healing yourself. And that's so beautiful. So like even... Yeshua, Jesus, I love thinking about him. Um, you know, he walked around and touched people because that allowed them to feel that vibration clear. And just like a tuning fork, their energy went whoop right up yeah. to meet his energy. And then they were allowed to, then they allowed themselves to clear and to heal. They allowed it. They gave permission. You can't force everyone has free will. You cannot force something on someone else. So, so that is what's taking place in the sessions. That's so beautiful. And I adored my session. It really did help me to like focus my energy better. And I couldn't have said it better. I always say like all healing is self-healing. That's something that Amanda, who's going to be on the heart chakra episode, she was my Reiki teacher. She leads with that. Like it's like in my head ingrained from that. And I think that's such a great point that anything that you reach out for that you recognize in your soul that you need in your healing journey is you healing yourself. You're just finding the right people. Yes. And that's so empowering, isn't it? It's amazing. Cause even though you're paying that person and you're thinking, I'm going to this healer and paying them, everyone's a healer. We're all healers. And, and it just shows you, but people aren't told that often enough. And, and it should give people confidence to know that if they walk away from a session feeling healed, they did that, right? That person helped support it by, by, by being the mirror for them. 
This is what you're aiming for here. I'm going to put my energy here. This is what you're aiming for. And then you got to give yourself the pat on the back because you were courageous enough to go for it and say, I can do this. You don't do it consciously. It's subconscious. You're allowing yourself to do that. Right. So it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And I think that's a great point that it's an empowerment tool by you making the decision to do it. And I think that ties in so beautifully with the solar plexus energy as well. So just for people that are looking to start their own healing process, pay attention to what vibrations resonate with you when you are looking at different healers and then you are making the choice. I think that's so beautiful. That's exactly it. That's perfectly said. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. I feel like I've learned more and I like being in your energy every time. And I really appreciate you coming on. No, thank you, Andrea. Absolutely. Ditto. I love your energy. You're so beautiful. You're such a bright light. And I enjoyed every minute of this and it was such an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Spirit Crumbs. You can find me on Instagram for this podcast at Spirit Crumbs, or you can also find me at Concrete and Crystals for my own spiritual offerings and more tidbits about my own journey. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.